Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we, like I echo uh, the words of my wife, we are so grateful to be with you all here uh, this weekend, today. Thank you to your pastor, Pastor Gracia and Sister Gracia, for being such wonderful hosts to us, taking us around, uh, seeing this beautiful uh, holiday destination, Cairns. Um, we, we always love coming up here, and we're blessed to be with Hope Divine here today. And um, amen. amen. Joining you in worship. And we're excited for what God is going to do here this morning. I bring you greetings from my pastor, Pastor Stanley Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Uh, and he greets you warmly here today. If we could turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 35. Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 35, and we'll just read a, a few uh, verses here. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And in verse 41, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. So they're caught up in this storm, and Jesus rises after they panic and come to him and wake him up, and he rises, and he calms the storm, and he says to them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? For the next few minutes, I'd like to preach to you on the thought, faith for today. Faith for Today, If we could just pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's already in this place. We thank you, Lord, for already moving amongst your people and, and we being able to feel you and, and have you in our lives and in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would use me to minister to the church here today, God, that we would hear your word and that your word would accomplish your work in our lives here this morning. We give you all the praise and all the glory for what you are going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you for those who are standing. Faith for today. I was listening to this podcast the other day, and a research study was mentioned in regards to eating habits. In the study, they asked the participants to choose what they would be eating in seven days' time. The vast majority of the people in this study, they chose healthy options that they were going to eat healthy food. And then the seven days passed after they had made that decision, and, and, and the day came, and they asked the participants what they were going to be eating that very day. The researchers did this, and the majority of them chose less healthy options on the day. So seven days before, they said that they were going to eat healthy options, but then when the day came, they ate less healthy options. 
Well, what happened during those seven days? It is the same phenomenon that takes place all across the world every January. We enter into a new year, and, and it gives us this feeling of a new beginning with new possibilities. People sign up for gyms, and they set goals for themselves. I'm going to do this this year. And, and uh, 31 days later, the gyms are empty, and a lot of the goals are abandoned. Why is this? Why does this happen year after year? It's because we tend to romanticize the future. We are very good at deciding that we are going to do something in the future, but then we often fail to follow through when that day arrives, when the future actually arrives. The study participants decided that next week they would eat healthy, but when the day finally arrived, they found themselves eating more or less what they would always have eaten. Amen. We have this concept of time, and we divide it into the past, and we divide it into the present and into the future. But in reality, the only thing that really exists that is tangible for us here is today. We divide our, our, our time into the past and into the present and into the future, but really all we have is today. All we really have is the moments that we are uh, experiencing even now. You see, the past exists in our memories, and it exists in our monuments, and it exists in our stories. In the future, it exists in our dreams, and in our plans, and in our imaginations. And I haven't come here to say that you shouldn't have plans. Yes, we should have plans. Yes, we should have dreams, and we should imagine wonderful things for God, and imagine wonderful things for our life. But today is really all we truly have. You see, our future is just made up of a whole bunch of todays, and today is all that we really, truly have. That is why the Apostle Paul declared, he said that today is the day of salvation. He didn't say that tomorrow is the day of salvation, or next week, or next month, but he said that today, today is the very day of salvation. Today you can be saved. Hallelujah. Today you can begin a new life in Jesus Christ. Today, this very day, you can be born again of the water and of the Spirit. You can start a new life with Jesus Christ here today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait to respond to God. You are not promised tomorrow. You are not promised another week, another month, another year, but all you have is today. All you have is right now here today. I'm preaching with a bit of an urgency here today because I know that someone needs to respond to the word of the Lord here today. Someone needs to be born again of the water. Someone needs to be born again of the spirit here this morning. You see, on the day of Pentecost, when the people in Jerusalem saw the spirit poured out on the followers of Jesus, they questioned what was happening, what was taking place. And the Bible says that Peter stood up with the 11 and he began to preach to the crowd that was gathered that day. And he began to preach all about Jesus. He declared that Jesus was the Messiah. and He said that he fulfilled the prophecies of the Jewish prophets. He preached that crowd to a point of conviction, to a point where they responded to the words of Peter and they said, what can we do? The Bible says that they were pricked in their heart. It just meant that they, they felt something in their spirit and they said, what can we do? How do we fix this? What do we need to do to respond to this? And, and Peter said to them in verse 38, he said, repent. 
Repentance just means to turn away from your sins and to ask for forgiveness, to make a decision that you are not going to live the way that you used to live, but you are going to ask for God to forgive you of your sin. Repent. Ask for forgiveness. And then he said, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You see, baptism is more than just a next step in joining a church. Baptism is more than just making a commitment to follow after Jesus. But the Bible declares, the word of the Lord declares, that our sins are washed away when we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We go down as an old man and we come out as a new man. We go down as an old woman and we come out as a new woman. All things are passed away and we begin a new life in Jesus Christ when the name of Jesus is called out of our lives in baptism. It's more than joining a church. It's more than just uh, responding uh, to a call of faith. But baptism is necessary for your sins to be washed away. And then the Bible says that Peter said, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you repent of your sins and you are baptized in Jesus' name, you will receive the very gift of the Holy Ghost. But then he kept preaching after that. He said in verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Peter was saying that promise is for each and every one of us here today. It doesn't matter where you come. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter who you are, where you were born. It doesn't matter what place you have in society. The promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the new birth of Jesus Christ is here for you today. Today is the day of salvation. You don't have to leave this place the way that you walked in, but your sins can be washed away, and you can walk out a new person in Jesus Christ filled with the Holy Spirit here this morning. The Bible records that after Peter preached on that day, the Bible says that very same day, it wasn't another day, it wasn't the next week, it wasn't the next month, but that very same day, 3,000 people responded to the message that Peter preached and they were added to the church. It happened on that day. Why? Because today is the day of salvation. Today is all that we really have. Don't wait for a better moment. Don't wait for a better time. There will never be a better moment. There will never be a better time than today, than right now, to respond to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because this is all that we are guaranteed. We are guaranteed today. We are guaranteed this moment. This is what has been given to us. It is a gift for us here this morning. Hallelujah. Now is the time to respond to God. Don't push it off. That's why Peter literally commanded them to be baptized in Acts chapter 10 verse 48 he says what are you waiting he 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 commanded them to be baptized and then and Ananias even told Paul when 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 uh, when when he was dealing with him he said why are you waiting what are you waiting for arise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord don't wait any longer but allow the spirit of God to work in your life allow the name of Jesus to be applied to your life today in baptism amen Today is the day of salvation. Getting back to our text in in Mark, Mark uh, chapter 4, a little bit of backstory. Multitudes of people had seemed to follow Jesus wherever he went, and for good reason. You see, because no one had ever heard someone teach the way that Jesus taught, and, and no one had ever seen anyone perform miracles the way that Jesus performed miracles. And so wherever he went, the crowds would gather. There are stories of men and women traveling days on horseback uh, to, 
to hear a guy by the name of George Whitefield, George Whitfield, when he was traveling in the States. They, there's stories about people traveling for days on horseback and walking many, many, many miles, many, many kilometers just to hear the man preach when he was traveling throughout the States in the 1700s. He would go from town to town and thousands would gather just to hear this great preacher. Imagine what it would have been like with Jesus. If they were willing to travel like that just to hear this man, imagine what it would have been like in those days when Jesus was going from town to town. Multitudes would have just followed him wherever he went. The Bible says that he had been teaching all day to the people, and and when the evening came, he decided that he and his disciples were going to cross the Sea of Galilee so that he could continue to minister in in another part in, in northeastern Galilee. The disciples, they sent the large crowds away. They sent the multitude away, and they entered into the boat to cross the sea. Jesus was so exhausted from his day of preaching and teaching and and the miraculous taking place that he went straight to the back of the boat, and he fell asleep. You see, the the, the the disciples had already experienced many days like this day before. They had seen Jesus perform the miraculous. They had seen him cast demons out of the possessed. They had witnessed him heal Peter's mother, they, mother-in-law. They saw people uh, healed of diseases, and they were even amazed when someone was healed of leprosy because no one had ever been healed of leprosy before. But, but Jesus, he was different, and he was able to heal what seemed to be unhealable. They knew he was the Messiah, which is why they had left their lives and followed after him. They believed that he was going to be the one that would finally usher in the kingdom of God. They felt that in their innermost being. That's why they had given up everything to follow after him, to have, uh, to sit at his feet and to learn from him. And as they were sailing across the Sea of Galilee that night, they were suddenly swept up into a great storm. High waves crashed against the boat, filling it with water. The disciples, some of them very experienced fishermen, they began to panic because they didn't know what to do. You see, they allowed fear and discouragement to cloud their memory. So quickly they had forgotten what they had just witnessed that day and the days before that, what they had heard and the promises that Jesus had declared even in their midst. You see, the storms of life can become so overwhelming sometimes that we forget We do. We forget what he has done for us. We forget the promises that God has given us. We sometimes allow feelings to dictate our faith. You see, it's easy to have faith in God and in his word when everything is going good, when our health is good, when our family is strong, when we get a promotion at work or we buy that new house or that new car. It's easy to trust in God when everything seems so secure. You see, uh, I, I, I heard someone say about what's happening around the world right now is that people are actually finally coming to the understanding that they aren't as secure as they imagined they were. That, our li- that we don't have as much control over our lives as we think we do. And it's in those moments that we allow feelings to dictate our faith. It's in those moments that we may feel like we don't have that control and we tend to look away from God. What will you do when it feels like God has 
abandon you. You see, I've come to remind someone here this morning. I've come to remind someone here today to remember. Remember the promises that God has given you. Remember the promises that God has given you in his word. The, God, the promises that he has given you specifically. The words that he has spoken over your life. Remember the promises that he has given you. Don't let the storm that you may be facing here today, don't let your surroundings to dictate your faith, but remember what God has said. Amen. If you feel alone here this morning, remember that he will never leave you or forsake you. If you feel discouraged here in the house today, remember that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. If you love God and and you love him with all of your heart, all things will work together for your good. Amen. If you feel ashamed, remember that his grace is sufficient for you here today, that you can find his grace, that you can find his mercy in your time of need. If you have more month than money and you just don't know how you're going to pay the next bill, I want to remind you that he shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. If you've come into this place battling sickness here today, I want to remember I want to remind you that his word says that by his wounds we are healed. We need to remember the promises of God. When we are facing storms, when we are going through tragedy and circumstance, don't run away from God. Don't allow that to overcome you, but remember what God has spoken for you in your life and in his word. Amen. I know the wait can be long. The night can seem so dark sometimes, but remember the promises that God has given you. Keep coming to the house of God. Keep lifting up your hands. Keep worshiping him because he's worthy of all the glory and of all the honor. Keep praying for your family. Don't give up. God has promises in store for you. Remember the promises of God. Remember the promises over this church. Remember the promises over your family and over your community. Hallelujah. You see, the storm won't last forever. The storm is not going to last always, but the creator of the wind and the seas is with you. The creator of the wind and the seas is with you. Hallelujah. You see, in a panic, the disciples rushed to the stern of the boat where Jesus was asleep and they woke him up. It kind of reminds you a bit of some of the images you would have seen over the last few weeks where people are panic buying all this stuff. They're buying like 96 rolls of toilet paper. I have no idea how you're going to go through 96 rolls of toilet paper at any time. But you know what? You're going to have that, I guess, for months and years to come in storage. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure why that's the product, you know? It's like there's many other things that are going to help you a lot more than toilet paper, but I don't know, whatever. <laughs> in a panic, the disciples, they rushed to find Jesus in the boat, and, and they saw that he was asleep, and they woke him up. And listen to what the disciples said to Jesus in, in a rush. They said, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care what's going on? You're, you're over here sleeping in our boat. You're sleeping in this circumstance, this storm. Do you not care? Why don't you care about us, Jesus? Why? Don't you know that we're over here struggling? Don't you know that we're trying to do the best that we can to stay above water? Don't you know that we're feeling pain, that we're upset, that we don't know what's happening, that, that, that the, there's this cloud over all of us? What are you doing? What, why are you asleep? And I'm sure there are people here in the house this morning that, that may have come into that place asking, come into this place asking those very same questions. Maybe you were even asking those questions this week. What, what's going on, Jesus? What's going on? What? What are you doing? This storm is taking place. I don't know what 
to do. You're facing a storm and it feels like God has abandoned you, that, that he is asleep in your situation and, and you are panicking, trying to do that the, the best that you know how to get through this storm, to weather this storm, but it just seems so big. It just seems so large. It seems so much out of your control. The waves of life keep crashing against your boat and you feel like God doesn't even care. Master, do you not care that I am perishing? Do you not care that I'm struggling? Do you not care what I'm going through? You see, the first point that I want to make here today is that when we are facing the storms of life, when we are facing this situ- these situations that just seem so big that we don't have control over, remember that if you have been born again and if you've been filled with the Spirit of God, that God is with you, that Jesus is in the boat. Amen. That Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is in your boat. Don't forget that he is with you. When you are facing these trials, you are not facing them on your own. But the word of God says that he will never leave us or forsake us. He is with us in that boat. And you may be panicking, but you can still run to him. And you can still call to him. And you can still ask him for help in this time of need. Remember that he is with you. And the second point I want to make is that it is not a sin, and I know this might sound a bit controversial, but it is not a sin to doubt God or to question Him, because there is story after story in the Bible of men and women of God doubting, men and women of God asking questions. Now, it is a sin to have a questioning spirit where you never come to a resolution, when you you never accept the answer that God has given you, but it is not a sin to question or to ask God. A good portion of the psalm, psalms include scriptures of doubt, moments of frustration, and expressions of just not being able to understand why, not being able to understand what is going on. But what the psalmist did and, and what we must do as children of God, what we must do is that we must bring our questions and our doubts to God. We must bring our questions, we must bring our doubts to God. What better way to express our pains in our doubts than to the one who can actually do something about it? What better way than to express them to the one who can actually do something about our questions, can do something about our doubts? And that is why 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, cast all of your cares on him because he cares for you. Cast all of your cares. Don't, don't pretend with God. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows what you are thinking and how you are feeling. Don't pretend like you got it all together, but bring it to God because when you cast your cares on him, there is no telling what you can allow God to do in your life. You see, God cares about you. It may not feel like it right now. It may not feel like it in the moment that you are going through, but we don't allow feelings to dictate our faith. But we respond to the word of God and we live our lives based on the word of God. And his word says that he cares for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. We can't allow our feelings to dictate our faith. Feelings may last for a moment, but the word of God will stand forever. Feelings may last for a moment. Feelings come and go. Good feelings and bad feelings, all kinds of feelings come and go. But the word of God will stand the test of time. The word of God, the promises of God will stand forever. Hallelujah. And speaking of God's word, you see Jesus rose up out of his sleep when they woke him up in a panic. He stood up and the Bible says that he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. 
Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm in that situation. You see, the wind and the seas recognized the voice of their creator. The wind and the seas that day recognized the voice of their creator. You see, the Bible says that in the beginning, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Then God spoke. Amen. And light came out of darkness. The Bible records that he hung the sun, the moon, and the stars in space with just his word. He shaped the mountain, the land, and the sea with just his word. Birds were created and sea creatures were formed. And land animals were produced with just the word of God. The author of Hebrews said that the worlds were literally framed by the word of God. The apostle Paul writes that God can call things into existence that do, new, that do not yet exist. That is how powerful his word is, that it, he could call things that don't yet exist into existence. He could create something out of nothing with just his word. Only God can do that. Only God can create something out of nothing. Hallelujah. In Psalm 107, the psalmist declares that God's people were in trouble and they were nearing death. And then he writes this. He said, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. When they were in trouble, when they were distressed, when they were in, in, in trial, they cried out to God for help and he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them and he saved them. Hallelujah. If you came into this place needing salvation here today, if you came into this place not knowing what to do, if you came to this place needing deliverance, I've got good word, I got good news for you. The word of God is here in this place today, and you can receive a touch from the word here today. Hallelujah. His word can change your very tomorrow. If Jesus was able to calm a physical storm with just his word, how much more would he be able to calm the storms in our lives, the, the, the seas that are raging in our situations? How much more would he be able to do that if he could calm a physical storm? Hallelujah. What is stopping him from calming the storm in your life today? What is stopping him from calming the storm in our life here this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As I hurry to a close, if I could please get... Sister Stephanie, to come to the piano. If Jesus was able to calm a physical storm with just his word, what is stopping him from working in your life here today and in my life here this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. You see, after the sea returned to normal, listen to what Jesus said next to his disciples. He said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Another version says it this way. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, the disciples had seen the miraculous power of God. They believed that he was the Messiah. They believed that he could rule and that he would reign and, 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 and that he was the one that was going to fulfill all of the prophecies of old. They had left everything to follow after Jesus. You see, they had faith for yesterday, the things that had already taken place, the moments that had already occurred. And they had faith for tomorrow. They had faith for what was going to take place. They had faith for what was going to happen. But in the moment, they allowed the storm 
to steal their faith for today, for the present. And too often, too often we also allow the storms of life to steal our faith. We have faith and, and we talk about what God did back when we first came to him, for those of us who have been in the faith for a while, or what he used to do five years ago, what he used to do two years ago, what he used to do a year ago, a month ago. And we have faith for what God is going to do. God is going to build his church. God is going to uh, have revival. We are going to have revival in this city in Cairns. We're going to have revival at Hope Divine. That is going to happen. We have faith for that. We have faith that one day our family will come. You see, we have faith at camps and we have faith at conferences and we have faith when the powerful evangelist comes into our town like Brother Kleindance. And we have faith when we travel overseas, when we go on the missions field. I, 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 I for one, can attest to that. My, my faith rises when I go on the mission field. We have faith that God is able to heal and that he is able to deliver. We read his word and we know that he can do it. It's possible. There's a possibility that he might be able to do it. We have faith that revival may one day come, that it someday is going to happen. One day, hundreds of people are going to walk through the door. We have faith that our family might be saved, will be saved. We have faith that it could happen, that it possibly might happen. But what about today? What about right now? What about this morning and the situation that you are currently facing? What about in the battle that you are going through right now? What about the prayers that you're praying for for your family even this morning? What about today? You see, because today your life can be changed. Today you can be forgiven. It doesn't matter who's preaching. It doesn't matter who's here. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that Jesus is in this place and the presence of God is sweeping across this room. That is all that matters and you can come in contact with him here today. Because God can move in your situation here today. God can heal you here today. God can perform the miraculous in your life today. Hope can spring forth in your life here today if you allow it to happen. Have faith for today. Have faith for the moment right now. Have faith for this moment here that you are living today. You see, the God that changed your yesterday and the God that can change your forever is the God that can do the work here right now. The God that spoke the oceans into existence. The God that calmed the storms can calm the storm of your life here today. Hallelujah. Don't allow your problems to cloud your vision of what God can do. Don't allow this virus to cloud what God can accomplish in your life and in your family and in this city. Don't allow it to rob your faith. Don't allow uncertainty to rob you blind of what God wants to do in your life and in your family. Because if he's delivered you before, he can deliver you here today. My God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is no telling what he can do in your life if you let him work. If you let him work, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's be upstanding. Let's come to this altar here this morning and allow God to work in your life. It doesn't matter who prays for you. All that matters is that the presence of the Lord is here today. And if you need a healing, God can accomplish that work in your life here today. If you need deliverance, if you need to be filled with the Spirit, God can do it here this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These altars are open. Come. And we'd love to pray with you here today and see God move. Hallelujah. See. We over-exaggerate yesterday. We overestimate tomorrow and we underestimate today. 
we over-exaggerate what's going to happen and we overestimate what was going, that what happened and we underestimate what God can do today. Hallelujah. My challenge to you here this morning is don't leave this place without doing everything you can, everything you know to do. Worship with all of your heart. Praise Him and pray with all of your heart and see what God can do in your situation here today. Bring it before Him here this morning and believe and trust that He will accomplish your work here today. Hallelujah, because He is the same yesterday today and forever today is the day of salvation today is the day that your life can be changed this altar is open if you'd like to come hallelujah jesus will accomplish your work in your life here today but you have to have faith for the moment you have to have faith for right now right now not tomorrow not next week not next month but today revival can spring forth from this place today 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 hallelujah have faith for today That's it. Reach out to him. Reach out to him even now. Reach out to the Lord. Allow him to work in your life, in your family. Allow him to accomplish a work in your life. Don't shut off the work of God in your life. Don't shut off the word of God in your situation, but allow that word to take root in your heart and spring forth. Hallelujah.